All right. Welcome. Welcome into the 116th episode of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. We have a great one for you today. Max, super producer, and I all back in studio. We talk about a lot of unprompted points. We kind of go off on tangents this episode, but I think they're really important. We talk about pick value versus player value in first rounds, how the pick value is typically higher than what the player comes out to be value-wise. And then we also go off on a couple tangents uh, that relate to some of my favorite players as well. We have our traditional reports from around the realm, weekend recap, and crystal ball on top of it. We got a great show for you today. And again, follow us on Twitter if you can, at Dynasty Monarchy over on Twitter, slash X, whatever you want to call it these days, at D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y-M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. Let's go. Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts... Here we go. Episode number 116 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Whoever you may be, however you may be listening, Apple Podcast, Spotify, welcome, welcome in. We got the gang back together again. Max and super producer up in the land. I am in dirty, dirty, dirty Jersey. Gentlemen, I want to start out the show by welcoming everyone into Hell Week, week before the playoffs. Some of you are on the on the edge. Of getting in some of you already are locked up put your feet back this is the best week some of you are completely out of it sucks to suck but if you listen to our show you probably wouldn't be completely out of it gentlemen with that being said there is an absolute stinker on thursday night i cannot watch steelers patriots are you going to be watching probably man because i know that in Five weeks, whatever it is, we're going to sit here and say, man, I wish we had Steelers Patriots on TV or in five months, even like it's just it's NFL football. This is a preseason game. I don't give a damn. Everyone's like, oh, the the, the over under so low. It's 30 and a half. It's 30 and a half. That might be the lowest in NFL history. It's the lowest in 16 years. No, 18 years. But the Browns Jags is the same thing this week. 30 and a half. This is rough. Super producer, are you going to be watching the game Thursday night? I'm not going to be, honestly. And like week five, week four, I was in that mindset. I'm like, dude, we're going to be wishing for these bad games on Thursday night (laughs) once the season's over. But now faced with a terrible Thursday night game, I'm, I'm backtracking, honestly. I look at it like this. If I have literally nothing, and I mean nothing to do, it will be on in the background of me doing something else. I cannot like put my full attention to watching a third stringer in uh is is what's his name playing for the Steelers? Is it is it Mitch or is it gonna be uh Mitchy baby? It's not gonna be the other guy. I can't do Mitch Trubisky against Bailey Zappi. This is worse than a preseason game because during the preseason, at least you're excited, you know, the season's coming up. I cannot do this. I don't care that Al Michaels is on the call. How many of those games are we going to have left? Who knows? I can't do it. I cannot do it. And I love football more than the next guy. I'll be watching. I might bet some unders this time, maybe some overs. Oh, Who knows, Max, you should bet the over and just sweat it out. That yeah, would be the ultimate time. sweat. Take an alternate over. 40 and a half. I mean, 
Points are points, man. Some pick sixes. Each team gets a defensive touchdown. I mean, it's going to be a fun game to bet on. I'm going to be there, and I'm going to be watching it. All right, gentlemen. Any other games you want to highlight for this week before we jump into the episode? We just talked about the one that we cannot stand to watch. Give me one that you're the most excited for. There's two marquee matchups. Dallas-Philly. Sunday night football. I mean, that and then the Kansas City-Buffalo game. I think that uh, Dallas wins in Dallas. Um, and I think the division gets spicy there. Yeah, I, I just cannot wait for that Buffalo-KC game. I can't wait for Kansas City to knock Buffalo out of the playoffs. It's going to be so sweet watching the crybaby Josh Allen just uh, get put to shame and and put out the pasture for the season. It's going to be a lot of fun. going to be very interesting for your playoff matchups because if Buffalo kind of packs it in and mails it in, who knows if Josh gets shut down for the season. So very interesting to to keep up with. All right. Before we get into reports, I wanted to talk one-on-one with Max here. I wanted to give for all of us uh, in the Mike Vrabel Dynasty League, this is one that we talk about a lot. Uh, This is our most important league. Both Max and I are rebuilders. And our teams, I wouldn't say that they've fallen on hard times. They have intentionally fallen on hard times. We've realized it's time to pick the pieces up and rebuild. Um. While that being said, you always try to win the most amount of games that you can. And this week, Max gifted me what appears to be the number one overall pick by winning. And Max, I wanted you to talk about uh, the reason why you traded the pick when you did. You tr- So for anybody out there, Max had the presumptive 101 and before the trade deadline decided to get rid of it. And now it looks like a good move, seeing that the pick is now 102. Who knows? Maybe this week I win and the pick becomes, that Max traded away, becomes 101 again. But I wanted to go through your mentality, go through the trade, just for people out there at home, trying to understand the value of picks during the season versus at the end of the season. Sure. I mean, I was just looking at my matchups and I knew I played you the following week and then probably the third worst person in the league the week after that. Um, honestly, I didn't think I would win both of them. I was pretty fine with it being the one-on-one and shipping it out for the package that I got, um, with Devonta Smith, one Oh four, one Oh five, a second Charbonnet and a third. Um, you mean, sorry, sorry, Devonta Smith and one Oh four or one Oh five. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I love Devonta Smith. I really do. Um, and he's actually going to be the player I talked about here in a couple minutes. Um, but I was really excited just to get him like that, a young piece like that. My team doesn't have, I mean, I have Kyle Pitts, Anthony Richardson, and then I didn't really have any wide receivers. So I thought instead of drafting Marvin Harrison, I might as well get Devonta Smith and like Keon Coleman or Trayvon Henderson or whoever I might get there at 104, 105 with the NFL draft. It's still going to be a tremendous neighbors, someone neighbors. It's still going to be a great prospect. So I might as well get like those kind of guys and just, get the depth going for my rebuild here. Um, but then when I like actually thought about it, I was like, I have some pretty good matchups coming up and there's no better time to sell than the present when it's valued at one Oh one, but it was really a one Oh two pick. I mean, I feel bad for Mort. Uh, I mean, I, I don't want Peter to have the number one pick because it's Peter and he's just not worthy of it. But at the same time, I look like a GM genius trading away 102 for 105 and then getting all that on top. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. And and at the end of the day, the pick could, you know, Brock Bowers could be that elite level tight end that we all know that he can be. 
Uh, I know, Max, you're a big hater on Bowers, which is why having 102 was bad for you. I look at 101 and 102 in this upcoming draft class, not as equal, but a lot closer than people think. I think everyone kind of values 101 at in a one quarterback league at like three, three and a half first, depending on where you are in value. Um, but when you look at 102, there's like a deep decline. I see like two and a half to two first for that 102 pick. And I just can't get behind that. I, I think Bowers is generational. And then on top of that, if you don't like Bowers' landing spot, neighbors, your choice of running back, XYZ, I, I think the pick is worth more than people want it to be worth. People want it at a discount because 101 is so pricey. I think past 105 in this draft, it all kind of goes downhill uh, for the most part. So I absolutely, absolutely love 102, even though uh, I currently still have 101. I'm glad you're glad you're trying to hype up the pick there, Pete, so you can talk yourself into it. I don't know. I just, I guess maybe I'm just hurt by Kyle Pitts and the hype there and generational talent tight end. And I mean, if he gets a bad landing spot like the i mean he's not going to go to the patriots that early but like if he goes I mean, to the the falcons that would be awesome him and pitts twin towers over there no bro but like if he goes to like the commanders or if he goes to like the giants or uh, i'd love him on the giants no no it's danny jo- it's danny dimes like and i don't want him on the commanders i don't want him on really any of these teams i mean when you look at the overall standings like the Tennessee Titans, no thanks. Max, I, mean, I want I want to talk about this really quick because Nixie and I, before we started the episode, did mention this. A lot of the desirable landing spots for these receivers uh, at the beginning of the draft are non-existent outside of Arizona. Like outside of the Cardinals, it is really bare. It is really barren for these young wide receivers to get good quarterbacks. Yeah. That's why I think like a guy like Keon Coleman, who will go later. He's in the first awesome. Round, who's he is awesome. And very talented. Like if Keon Coleman goes to the name it Houston Texans. Yeah. Coleman. Coleman is awesome. He's, he's such a great There's prospect. There's just a lot of talent here. And it's like, I don't really, that's why I traded away Marv. I mean, Marv very likely could go to the new England Patriots at pick number two. He truly uh, could. There's just no way they have to take quarterback. Caleb Williams goes one. They're going to take what Drake may probably, but this, uh, we won't ramble on for much longer, but it's something to keep in mind for anybody that has an early pick looking at potentially trading it away, uh, right after the season's over, because those landing spots are going to be rough for those elite level prospects. They, they really are going to be rough. Yeah. I mean, honestly, just to chime in, it is an interesting game of cat and mouse to play because, I feel like you don't want to sell the picks right away if you have a top-end pick just because the value will go up once it gets to the combine, all these pro days, everything, everybody's seeing all the mock drafts and stuff. But, I mean, like you guys were saying, and and we talked about it, but you look at that 23 draft class, and everybody loves Sean Tucker. Everybody loves Zach Evans until they get seventh-round draft capital. And then you're standing there like – Oh my gosh! Like what? What can you even do? You're banking Charbonnet, on some of these guys. Charbonnet's going to Seattle to back up Ken Walker, and you got it. It, it sucked, but it, it is definitely interesting, and I, I think that's the perfect way to phrase it. Is it's a cat and mouse game. It's all about margins trading for the picks. I, I really do believe that, that you have to sell them at the high point and then buy them at that low point if you can. Yeah, because everybody was touting those 
2023 rookie picks as the next gold, the next can't miss, everything like that. I feel like this class, I mean, obviously at the top end, there's good talent, but at some point, maybe if it's those later first round picks, you got to look at it and maybe try to sell some of that hype if people are really bought in. Because let's face it, like if you ended up making those 2023 rookie picks, like you held the bag, like there was points where you could sell those random 2023 picks for like elite tier players in Dynasty. And then like the people who got those picks, you're staring down Quentin Johnston or or something like that. And it's just brutal at some points. But I feel like it's an interesting lesson to learn and then kind of see how that goes moving forward. All right. So for everyone out there, just to talk about our 2023 rookie draft for our most important league, Mike Vrabel, our Mike Vrabel Dynasty League, it's half point PPR, one quarterback. So let's look and talk about values of what the pick was worth then versus what the player that pick turned into is worth now. Okay. We're just going to go down the list fast. Okay. 101. What is Bijan worth? Two, two and a half. Two and a half. Jameer Gibbs. Two, two and a half. Yep. Jackson Smith and Jigba at the 103. That was probably valued at two, two and a half first to get the first receiver off the board. I moved back from 103 and got 105 and 107. So again, 103. What is JSN worth? A first? A first and a half. Yeah, first and a second. Quentin Johnston. Maybe a second. Maybe a late second. Jordan Addison definitely returned his value. So he's Jordan Addison sitting at the 105. He's definitely worth at least two, two and a half. 105's had great luck the past two years. Jordan Addison and Garrett Wilson. So just let it be known. Zay Flowers. It's worth like one and a half. Kendra Miller. Now here's here's where it starts coming. This late half. Kendra Miller. A second. Maybe a second. Yep. Maybe a second. Charbonnet. A second. Second. Okay, Dalton Kincaid, first and a half. Yep. First and a half, yeah. A-Chain or A-Chan. Probably two first, bro. Mingo and Anthony Richardson. Mingo's worthless. Richardson a couple seconds and one quarterback probably. Yeah. So the way that we look at these picks and we valued them so high, even those later first round picks, when you think, okay, you know, Dalton Kincaid, tight end, you know, while he did hit, those later first round picks were still worth a lot more than those players returned for the most part. Like HN was like a shot in the dark for the most part, but you're really not getting much. HN could have been mismatched with Roshan Johnson, right? HN could have been mismatched with Michael Mayer, right? It's, it's just so interesting to think about when you need to sell those picks versus buy the player. Because you know, as a rookie, the players typically aren't going to appreciate in value immediately. Unless you're getting a guaranteed 100% cannot miss prospect, like guys that we talk about like B. John Robinson or Marvin Harrison Jr., Brock Bowers, or um, Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, Garrett Wilson type players that coming out of the draft, they were cannot miss. It's hard for me to hold on to that pick. I think trading it is always the better option. Yeah, man. I, like I, I'm, I'm really thrilled with how my trade worked out. I mean, especially with how Smitty's been playing. When AJ Brown tries to hide, Smith finds his way up. It doesn't matter if AJ Brown's there. Like he, even last year, he finished top ten. This year, he's number ten. Like he, he can finish as a top twelve receiver with AJ Brown. All right, let's get into reports. 
All right, first and foremost, Super Producer, I think this is your guy on the podcast, one of your guys, Tank Dell, out for the season with a broken fibula. You guys talked about Tank Dell ad nauseum on last episodes, uh, on the pod last episode. Maybe it's a Dynasty Monarchy curse. Hype the guy up and then he breaks his leg. Um, but he is out for the year. He's going to be a very interesting piece if you did not sell the trade deadline. His value this offseason, especially if Texans add a piece, add a wide receiver to that room, what do you think about Tank Dell moving forward uh, for his dynasty value? I, I mean, I don't think it changes that much. Um, I mean, I think a lot of the trade deadlines have passed. And kind of what we talked about on last show, it's like right now, I think it's worth one thing. But if I own Tank Dell, I'm honestly probably selling come January 7th, whatever it is, like right after the playoffs there when the new season starts. Because I guarantee with how the Texans look this year, whatever it is with the free agent wide receivers, like Pittman and Mike Evans and T Higgins and all those guys, they're going to go out. They're going to get one of those guys. Um, and I think Stroud can make really anyone look good. So I just think Tank Dell's value takes a hit at that point. Yeah. And like you said, we really did talk a ton about him uh, last episode, but I'm starting to sway more in the camp of, of selling. And I think I was kind of at that camp um, last week, but I think it's more so now because now the doubts will start to creep into people's mind like, okay, this dude is he's a slim body receiver. Can he hold up? Gets an injury now. But I mean, dude, his rookie numbers just insane. So I mean, you can find somebody to buy. But like you said, Max, I think it really has to be right when that league season opens. If you are trying to trade him or if you could trade him now, if you need, obviously, if you're a competitor and you can kind of cash out the tank Dell shares it might be the time to do it all right let's keep moving forward Christian Kirk Christian Kirk and I have uh, a funny relationship let's put it like that it's a very sad day it's a bad day for me super producer and I uh, back can't remember what episode it was but we we came to a bet where I thought Christian Kirk was hyped for a top 16 finish this year while I was off I will not claim that I lost. I will claim that I ran out of time. Christian Kirk out for the year. Again, the bet was in half PPR, he must finish top 16 and must play 10 games. 10 games, check, I believe, with injury and everything. He did play 10 games. I'm trying to find my way out of it. Uh, I have a 12-hour Waffle House to do. I will always admit when I'm wrong. Rarely scream when I'm right. I was wrong, and I am sorry if you listen to me and bet with me on this side. Super producer, take it away. Yeah, this one is interesting. He did end up – so there's two games. Like that first game, I think he got injured and missed a little bit, and then obviously last game. So it's it's basically just at that 10 game, um, 10 healthy games. He looked good this year, man. I mean, he definitely produced more than I thought he was going to, but I think – Ridley being there, even though Ridley's kind of been terrible this season. I mean, he he took away just those extra little bits that you needed there to kind of get this bet. I, it is an interesting one, kind of longer, like for this season. Uh, what do you guys think about Ridley's outlook? I mean, their schedule the rest of the season is kind of tough. Um, I think he only has like one other good matchup. I'm going to double check it, but I don't know, man. I think I I don't think I could start Ridley with any confidence moving forward, especially with T Law kind of banged up. 
Yeah, Lawrence isn't going to play for a couple weeks at least. I, I don't think he plays for the next two weeks. They're basically set to have a uh, either a championship in the AFC South or a wild card berth. I don't think that they're going to rush the franchise back that soon. But the way that Ridley goes, I can't see him balling out with a backup. He barely balls out with Trevor Lawrence. So I'm looking for pivot options. If I don't have a pivot option on my bench, then I'm kind of screwed and you have to play him. But rest of season, I'm really, my outlook is not that high on him. And going into this offseason, I am selling wherever I can. He was yeah, a one-year well, rental anyway on your team when you picked him up this offseason. It's uh, it's pretty tough. I mean, it definitely is really hard to see when he was at probably a first-and-a-half value coming into this offseason with his training camp routes and everything. And then you go into it, and I don't even – like, I don't think I would pay a second for him right now. I mean, maybe if I really needed a depth wide receiver. Like, I just don't think he's – he's got it really like that anymore. And that system is just interesting there in Jacksonville. So I think that uh, it just all goes back to what we were saying with the windows, man, you just really have to sell out the right time. So just talking about this wide receiver room, obviously with the Lawrence injury, it makes it not the best there. Um, But speaking of Ridley, just this past game, I mean, Kurt goes out of the game kind of early. And then Parker Washington, who hasn't had any receptions all year long, outproduces Ridley. I mean, I yeah. think that that probably tells the story there. Do you guys have any intrigue in maybe Zay Jones or Parker Washington moving forward if you need like a little flex guy here or there? I mean, it's kind of tough it, asking to start those guys in the playoff at this point. But yeah, not not with that schedule, not with that quarterback. Just no. Let's keep pushing. Last piece of news, Kenny Pickett to miss multiple weeks with this ankle injury. He did have surgery uh, from the reports that are out there. Interesting stuff for the Steelers. All their offensive pieces outside of Jalen Warren were virtually irrelevant. I'd say virtually. Uh, Fryermuth, I think, doesn't really get affected by this much. Kenny Pickett is not a big upgrade uh, compared to Mitch Trubisky. I think Fryermuth, his value stays similar. Uh, let's talk about moving forward outside of the playoffs, right? Let's talk about in a vacuum this offseason. Any of these Steelers pieces, what are they particularly worth, even with a healthy uh, Kenny Pickett? That's tough, man. I mean, I think the only players that I would have interest in would be Fryermuth, kind of, and Pickens. But even then, like I'd maybe pay a late first for Pickens and maybe a second for Fryermuth. I don't know. I feel like that's generous on both of those fronts. And you said maybe Fryermuth as kind of just a shot in the dark at tight end and hope that somehow he can produce. But the receivers, it's it's tough for me. I don't think I could buy either Pickens or uh, Deontay. Deontay's still under contract through next season. I feel like he's got to get traded this offseason. Just the way he's been playing just shows that he doesn't want to be there at all. So maybe he could be a sneaky buy at like a late second round pick and then just hope that he gets traded to another team. That, that might be the only guy that I'm interested in. I have no idea where they go from here because the offense needs a full rehaul. And the D, they just find ways to win. It's so frustrating being a Steelers fan. I don't think they've picked inside like the top 12 in uh, like 10 or 15 years, maybe even longer than that. 
it's just it's just so annoying that they have to develop these pieces. They had such a prolific offense with AB and Lev Bell, and just to see it kind of fall to the wayside is uh, it's pretty sad. Not gonna lie. What what do you guys think Fryermuth's worth and Pickens then? In tight end premium, I think he's worth a first. In non tight end premium, I think he's worth like a mid second. I can't pay more. It's just the offense is horrible. It's not like he has a good quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably like a few seconds for tight end premium and maybe like a second for non-tight end premium. All right, let's move into the weekend recap. We got a couple of our favorite players we want to talk about this weekend and a return of one of my absolute favorite fantasy football players. All right, Max is shaking his head at me. He thinks that the favorite player I mentioned before we cut is my player that I'm talking about. It's not. Super Producers player is one of my all-time favorite Dynasty players. Super Producer, take it away. Yeah, this one is going to be good old Elijah Moore. I feel like um, it's very interesting, especially for this next week. Amari Cooper banged up with a concussion, but Elijah Moore saw 12 targets with Joe Flacco playing his first game. He was just force feeding him the ball. I feel like this will be the kind of path moving forward here. I'm not expecting 12 targets every game here, but it seemed like he was going to him early and often. And with Cooper missing, I mean, I feel like Elijah could go on a little stretch here. And still, I feel like he's a buy. He's really the only guy under contract like him and Cooper are kind of similar with their contracts, but like two years, they have that Tillman kind of there. talent, that I mean, kind of talent for a second round pick. I would buy 10 times out of 10 and sorry to cut you off, Mr. C, but Flacco and him are boys off the field. That is his like guy. I know they talk all the time. Uh, and I think they have such a strong connection, uh, even from their time with the jets. They are, they are tight. I love him to score a touchdown this week. If if you need like a touchdown holler, get him in your lineup. I was I was gonna say the same thing, Pete. I, I bet him last week because I did too. Us, you told us you were on him, and I was like, Pete's right. Like Joe Flacco does love that man. I was like, and then Amari Cooper goes out. I was like, oh my gosh, this could actually happen. The theory was there. He got the targets. He just didn't get the work in the red zone. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. So I think that the logic's there as well. And I think he scores. All right, we'll move into mine now. Christian Watson, Max, your arch nemesis. I think he, I think he honestly might be your arch nemesis. Christian Watson, 24.1 half point PPR points. Jordan Love is ascending. I'm not going to say he's elite. I'm not going to say he's even great, but he is playing good football right now. If he can continue to play good football, Christian Watson has the skill set and has the type of body to become a number one, a true number one receiver in this league. I bought in on Christian Watson when he was worth a first. I will buy in. If This is like that old meme. If Christian Watson is worth a third round pick, I'm paying a third round pick. If Christian Watson is worth a second, I'm paying a second. If he's worth a first, I'm paying a first. If he's worth my whole team, I am paying my whole team because I love this guy that much. His senior bowl tape was incredible. He has length of the field, like length of the field skills, and he has route running over the middle skills. I cannot get enough of him. 
You're an interesting character, Pete. You really are, man. I mean, between this and JMO, and I don't know if it's just you trying to push your agenda. JMO is elite. I don't care. They need to get the ball in his hands. That's something for another day. But it's, let's talk about Christian Watson. It's just weird because both of these guys don't touch the football. I mean, Jamison Williams, in two years of playing, he's played in 14 games, has 14 catches. That's I'm not the best at math, but that's a catch a game. That's not elite, Peter. And even with Christian Watson, he's played in 23 games. He only has 69 catches. That comes out to like three. I just I like guys that can get more than Math three or one catches a game. Christian Watson also just had his highest targeted game yet as a NFL player with nine targets. It's the trend, Max. They want to get him the ball. Pete, I mean, even last year when they wanted to get him the ball and he had all these big weeks, he would have four catches, three of them for touchdowns, four catches, two of them for touchdowns, four catches, one for touchdown, three catches, one for touchdown. If he doesn't score those touchdowns, we are talking a completely different game. And I get it that he's got a nose for the end zone and maybe it's his build, maybe it's his size, maybe it's the offense, whatever it is. I just don't think it's sustainable and I'm not willing to invest my team in an asset like that personally, because it's really boom or bust. Now There's this no- is one of the players we have the highest variance on for value. I think he's worth a mid first anywhere between one Oh five, one Oh six. He wouldn't pay an early second. He'd probably pay a late I, second. I would pay two Oh four to two Oh six. I think that's fair value. Mr. C be the middleman. Am I crazy? Is he crazy? Or is the truth somewhere in the middle here? Yeah. I mean, I- you're coming to the wrong guy, PJ, because I really don't like him either, uh, honestly. But I feel like realistically his value is worth a first. I wouldn't pay it, but there's no way you're going to trade him mid-second or even two seconds. And and there's no way anyone would trade him to you for it. But um, I feel like his value is probably a first. So the moral of the story is if you're in a league with me and you have Christian Watson, find me and I will overpay. Is that the moral of the story? I don't know. You just like these guys that catch like zero balls. Like it's the same thing with Jameson Williams. Like if he doesn't score touchdowns, he's literally worthless right now. Like literally I wouldn't pay a third for him if he doesn't score. And they still wouldn't pay a third for him. All right. Max, your weekend recap player. My weekend recap player is going to be none other than Tyreek Hill. I, I just wanted to see where you guys were at on Tyreek Hill given his age, given, I mean, it doesn't look like he's slowing down. This guy's a fantasy cheat code. I think he could honestly be in the MVP discussion. Um, if you have him on your team, you're probably doing pretty damn well. Um, but like, where do you guys think? Cause I think right now, like come off season time, I'm selling him. Like I, ha- you have to sell him. You have to sell. Age. You have to, have to, have to, have to, have to sell the likelihood that he repeats or even comes close virtually zero. impossible. Literally zero. And he's had some scary injuries this year. I don't know, man. I, I'm really I'm scared of Tyreek Hill after this. Um, I mean, he'll be 30. I get it. But he's had, I mean, this is his eighth season in the league, and he's finished as a top wide receiver like eight years in a row. When's the mean going to go down? That's, that's kind of where I'm Mr. at. Mr. C, Mr. C, what is his value this offseason? Assuming he finishes the year healthy and let's say the Dolphins – make the AFC championship game and he plays well. Like, let's just say there's no extended like hype, just a normal amount. I feel like his value is at least two firsts still at 30 years old. Yeah, I think so. That's crazy. I would, you have to sell. You would have to sell. 
If you can get two first, slam it, man. I, I don't care if they're two twenty six first. I'd slam that all day. Yeah, because it's like, what's what's Diggs' value for you? Oh, he's worth like a f- late first, late first, like anywhere between nine, ten, eleven, and twelve. That's one of the only times I'll agree with Peter. I don't know Tyree Kill, like, and it's not like Tyree Kill's playing the majority of these snaps either. I mean, the past three games he's played 51, 63, 59% of the snaps. He's just an amazing talent and he gets hella targets and he can make a play out of nothing. So, I mean, he's just a special breed and always finds the end zone. Tua loves him. Don't forget. Don't forget. Dolphins play a first place schedule next year. That's another thing to look out for. It doesn't really, like, I don't know. I just, I just see, I see them regressing and the mean and just everything. But if you think Tyree Kill's worth two first, then I guess what? We can buy Waddle for a first? I don't know. Like, I'd rather have Waddle over Hill. All right. We're going to get into our crystal ball picks right now. Before we do, we need a recap of last week's pick. Super producer, another weird week for us here. Not a good one, man. I was confident. Me, Max, and Mason were all confident. We thought it was going to be 100%. but it ended up not being that. Mason, 0 for 2 on his picks. He had Pat Fryermuth, had 4.4 points as his boom. His bust was CMC. He did say, kind of temper expectations, he was thinking about 12 points from CMC. He still goes for 20.8. Uh, Max had Tua, had 19.2, which is a hit. And then DK Metcalf, who ended up being the number one player on the week, 34 points. That's just Tough to see that one coming, but um, then I had my boom was Kyron Williams. Uh, he had 18.7, so that's a hit. And then my bust was Cooper Cup, 12.9, so that's a miss. Two hits. So lucky touchdown by yeah. Cooper Cup late. Lucky touchdown by Kyron Williams late. Both those got to go to Kyron. You hit on both, Mr. C. You got it, but. They were force-feeding Kyron the ball down there, too, and he just couldn't punch it in. Oh, Mr. Max, I can't believe you think he stinks. He's a first-round pick in next year's redraft already. Uh, hey, I'll trade you my first-rounder for like a third and a fourth next year so you can have him for whatever you want. He's a first-round pick. In... Let's do this discourse really quick. Nixie, no, is he not... a first-round pick in no. redraft next year? Bro, was Cam Akers a first-round pick this year? No. Cam Akers He's... and him are not the same player. Don't Why rope they... those two together. They're both Rams running backs that Sean McVay can never commit to, and Cam Akers literally finished the season off. I'd say one. I'd say it was the absolute opposite of committing to. They literally cut dudes so Kyren could come back and shoved him all the workload. He's I, probably got to be a late first, late first, early second. I feel like at least what's depending his on how the off season goes. What is his dynasty value? This is a great question. Before we get into our crystal ball, this is just spur of the moment. Because he's a guy that we don't talk about enough. What is his dynasty value? I would have him as a first-round pick, honestly. That is crazy. I mean, he's easily worth a first-round pick if you're a competitor. Obviously, if you're you're not contending, you're not going to trade for him. But it's very interesting. Please don't buy Kyron for a first. Please don't buy him for a first and redraft next year. The guy is five foot nine. He's small. He's not a professional running back. He's 194 pounds. Not a Sean professional McVay. running back. That's a great. <laughs> he's just not, man. Like, he's so, like, he's fine. Like, Max, what do got... you think about our deal? Let's do a retrospective on our deal. I got Joe Mixon and Kyron Williams for Bijan. What do you think about that deal now? 
Well, I flipped. You would have to then tell me what I got flipped. No, 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 no. We're just looking at that deal. I'd probably still take Bijan because Kyron missed oh. six weeks. Kyron missed six weeks, Peter. Oh. Did he not? Not six. I don't think it was six. He missed one, two, three, four, five weeks. I'd still take Bijan. I just wouldn't. I'd take two top 12 running backs over Bijan. I hope people buy Kyron and Raheem. And this was, this was in redraft for everyone, not Dynasty. But, okay, so this is where I come in and try to defend myself with the Kyron for a first take. We were just talking about, right, what that first-round class looked like in a one-quarterback, like in our home league. So would you have Kendra Miller or Kyron Williams? Exactly. Max, or PJ? Kyron Williams, but that's – That's a first-round pick. There you go. That's like bad logic. How? That's, no. like, that's like me saying Kyron's worth Late a third. Late first. That's like me saying Kyron's worth a third. Would you rather have Sam Laporta or Kyron? Max, it's not. It's just about hit rate. You know, Same they hit thing. at half the percent. First round picks probably hit probably at like sixty to sixty five percent as a hit rate. Sixty percent. Sixty percent of them hit and are good. Sixty sixty five percent of first round picks hit and are good. Crazy. Let's move on. All right, Max. Since you're so amped up and want to talk, why don't you lead us off with your boom and bust? My bust is going to be Kyron Williams. Why? I'll tell you why. He's playing the Baltimore Ravens at Baltimore. Ew, Baltimore's ew, coming off a bye. Ew. Cooper, yeah, yeah, ew is right. He's playing in Baltimore, coming off a bye. Kyron Williams last week played well versus the Browns, but he got bailed out by a touchdown is what he did. I don't like the, the touchdown bail call because they were shoving him the ball in the red zone. He just couldn't find a way in until the end. I just don't like his matchup versus Baltimore coming off a of bye week. I think they know that Puka Nakua is probably going to be out, which means that they they know they're going to have to either run it to him or throw it to Cooper Cup. And Cooper Cup just has not looked like himself this year. Stafford looked good versus the Browns defense. I will give him that. I just think they load the box, and those linebackers that Baltimore have are, have are really good. So I think Kyron under eight points is pretty I, safe. I have a legit start-sit question. Okay. Zeke? Versus the Steelers, no Ramondre or Kyron. Ky- Kyron, like Zeke, Zeke is. I wouldn't I start know. a single player in that. Game. That shouldn't be a question, PJ. That's got to be Kyron, dude. He's he's only scored under eight points one time, and he scored seven point seven. The rest of them have been twenty plus, pretty much. I mean, he's had a he's seventeen cool. point game and an eight point game, but the rest of them have been twenty plus point games, no matter the matchup. He had twenty eight points against San Francisco. All right, Mr. Max, your boom. My boom of the week is going to have to be C.D. Lamb. Against that trash secondary. Dak is playing like an MVP candidate. I think if Dak goes out there and throws for three, four touchdowns and beats the Eagles, I think he's the front runner for MVP. He's already, he the, second, he's already the second favorite right now behind Brock Purdy. The race <sighs> is heating up. Um, I don't think Brock's the MVP. I don't think Dak's the MVP. I mean, I think Jalen or Tyree Trent Williams. Trent Williams over over Brock, please. Neither here nor there. I just think what Dak Prescott is doing with that offense, Ceedee Lamb versus the Eagles. One, Ceedee Lamb's been on a just an absolute tear. Two, it's the Eagles who suck in their secondary. And three, that I just expect this over unders at fifty one and a half. I think I like the over in this game. Sunday Night Football in Jerry's world. Sign me up. 
No, I'm with it, Max. All day long, he had like 27 points basically the last time they played Philly. So smash spot, dude. He he could go for a 30 piece. I actually, I, are you I might... fine? Are you fine starting? Let's not say CD. Let's say Brandon Cooks. Yeah, let's start Brandon Cooks. Just like he's dude. Brandon Cooks has been really solid. Look at his numbers. Um, the past I don't know. We'll say three games just to. I mean, I know you're not going to start him because you don't want to win in Dynasty. No, Peter, no, 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 no. But I, I was apprehensive because I didn't like Cooks a lot. I was trying to trade him at the deadline, but I think four, I do have to slot him into my starting lineup this week. The matchup's just too good. Past four games, 27-5, Like, he's playing really good football. Dak is playing really good football. Yeah, I, I have to slot him into my starting lineup. It's just such a good matchup. I don't know how you could not like it, honestly. So yeah. I, I'm firing up them all. All right. Super producer, your boom of the week or bust, whichever one you'd like first. I'll start off with my boom of the week. This can be Austin Eckler versus Denver. Honestly, Eckler has been quite bad um, the past like three games. He's kind of been on a downslide. And I think it's just a get right game versus the Denver defense. Uh, Denver defense is terrible. I can see Eckler just smashing in this matchup. He's really ate up against the technically like soft matchups. And I think this is one where he gets right and they start to force feed him the ball down the stretch here. I really do think he could be a league winner with the rest of his schedule because he plays Denver two times, plays Las Vegas one time, plays Buffalo. Those are all, I mean, Buffalo is a little bit better, yeah, but Buffalo is garbage. Gold, though. That, that defense is really hurt. I think Eckler is just going to smash here, even though he's had three straight games under seven points for half PPR. I just think he's due for a bounce back game, and that's pretty free to me. Honestly, I'll probably bet two touchdowns. Confidence booster game for Eckler? I, I love this pick, honestly, next to you. I mean, when you look at the, the schedule and you look at what he's been doing, and people always are like, oh, well, he's not going to be able to he's a bust I shouldn't have taken him here there and there I don't know if the line's up for him to score a touchdown yet I'm looking right probably now. not it's Wednesday probably. or it's, it's Tuesday a time yeah the line's not up yet you could bet him and Elijah Moore and I bet you're getting plus six seven hundred so I'm probably gonna do that dude I might have to tail it honestly why not I mean, that's a fun one Mr. Oh, yeah. C your bust My bust, this one's going to be pretty easy to me as well. Uh, It's going to be Tony Pollard versus Philly. Had 7.8 points uh, in half PPR the last matchup versus them. Pollard has been stringing together a few good games, uh, but it's versus cupcake matchups, and I think he's going to get sent back to reality versus Philadelphia. They have just such an elite run defense, and I just don't see him really getting it done this game. He's an easy bench for me. Uh, there's a ton of players that I would rather have over him to be fair. It's just and, touchdown upside yeah. for him this week. That's, that's it. If they get stopped on the one yard line. It's what it's been all year though. I feel like, I mean, when you look at his stats, like Nixie alluded to it, he's had three just cake matchups these past three weeks that he's scored in all three touchdowns. But before that five, seven, six, 14, six, seven, like didn't score in any of those games. And they had some touch matchups. Last time he played Philly, he had eight points. So I love this pick, and I see. Yeah, I think it's a good pick, Mr. C. Pollard, interesting character this offseason, what's going to happen. I feel like Dallas has to get a new running back. I think he's done. Yeah, uh, I, and Jerry, so January 2nd. 
Jerry learns his lesson. Let's yeah. not pay Zeke. Let's run Pollard into the ground. Up, oh, he's done. Let's go draft a new guy. They don't even, dude. Rico Dowdell looks faster than Pollard does this year. Pollard does not look the same. Yeah, it's different when you get the uh, the lion's share of the carries. Definitely is. I think Art. too having a fractured fibula or whatever he ended up having. I think that's yeah. definitely affected him for sure. Let's take a look at Tank Dell as well. Same similar injury. Maybe he won't come back as fast. Maybe we can liken it to that ACL where it's that second year. It's kind of like a mid, you know, everyone's getting hyped for the guy to come back, but he kind of has a mid year. And then it's the following year that he kind of breaks out. We hope Pollard can return to value or quote unquote prominence next season. Uh, But I'm not holding my breath. Let's get into mine. Do we want a boom or a bust first? Boom. You want the boom first. I'm going to drop the boom. The guy who I'm going to pick here does not own a home. That's that's your hint for any listeners that want to guess first. He does not own a home, and he makes millions of dollars a year. Mine is Gardner Minshew. I love this matchup against the Bengals. A lot of these weird late end-of-season buys are coming up. A lot of these uh, weird uh, defensive matchups are coming up for these quarterbacks. Like, let's say you have Matt Stafford, and he's been your go-to streaming quarterback. If you can find Gardner Minshew either on waivers, which would be hard, or on your bench, I think you have to plug and play him this week unless you have a legitimate superstar in your lineup like Jalen Hurts, like the way Dak has been playing XYZ. If you have a kind of 6 to 8 slash 10 range uh, for your quarterback, I think you do flex in Gardner Minshew here. Bengals secondary is reeling, statistically not good on the year. Um, And the way that I look at it right now, this is a must-win game for the Colts if they want to continue in the playoffs. Bengals Big win on that Monday night, short week for the uh, the Bengals defense after playing in overtime, a lot of snaps for that Bengals defense. I really cannot see a world where Gardner Minshew doesn't get 17 to 20 and, and keep your lineup afloat this week. And I think he's one of the sleeper quarterbacks to finish sneaky top six if he can find his way into the end zone on a rushing touchdown. I, I like to pick a lot, Peter. I think this is a big game for both teams there. Um, I'll just say this. I think that this offseason we're going to see – more than ever teams investing in a second quarterback 100 percent. gardner's gonna get the bag again gardner will um gardner wanted to be a jet yeah man i mean it, with how good joe flacco looked i get the browns and get a win it just makes me wonder like if the jets would have signed him again oh like, don't get me started but you know what season's over uh i'm not gonna cry on the show I, i've done that enough from weeks one to twelve uh, it's over, and I'm I'm moved past it. We're on to next year. We're on to next year for the Jets. Yeah, um, always next year. Moving for bust candidate for me now. I'm going to single out a specific player, but I'm saying the entire group here. Texans wide receivers. I know they've been hot. You in your fantasy league, if you have Nico Collins, you're going to say to yourself, no Tank Dell, Nico Collins just off a big game. He's going to have a huge spot. And you're going to put them in your starting lineup and you're going to feel great about it. I'm sorry. You need to pull him out of your lineup. Sauce and that secondary of the New York Jets is elite. They are phenomenal. Um, the only thing that I would say, I love starting Dalton Schultz this week. If he does play, I know he's coming off an injury. The safeties for the Jets kind of stink. 
The cornerback play is elite. It's as elite as elite gets uh, in the NFL. They have two guys that are top six in PFF. Uh, and then they have two linebackers that are top uh, top 10 in PFF. So that middle of the field and outside on that, that mid to secondary level is awesome. It's just the safeties that get burned. So I love Schultz this week. Hate every single receiver. Hate every single receiver for the Texans. I would pull as many of them out of my lineup as possible. Yeah, Pete, I don't agree with you much, but I do like, like the pick. I think, though, that these Texans wide receivers are going to be prob- – not these Texans wide receivers. Nico Collins could be a league winner playing Tennessee week 15 and week 17, who's just terrible against us. There you go. So, But good pick for this week. Set him. Yeah, I'm with it. The only kind of pushback is they did play Denver last week. And Denver has a solid secondary. I mean, Sertan, uh, Justin Simmons, a lot of those guys as well. And he torched them for 29 points. So that is a little bit of hesitation, like you said, with the safety play there. But, you know, you got to just bank and uh, trust yeah. in the sauce there. I think the only way that Nico Collins has a good game is if he just burns someone, which is very hard to do. It's very few and far between. It would just have to be like a streak, like a 75-yard touchdown. I, I can't see him getting dinked and dunked down the field for, for a lot of points. All right, that's going to wrap up our show. Week 13 of the books. We're on to week 14. We're going to blink our eyes, and we're going to have some playoff matchups, gentlemen. Isn't that wild? Max, you making the playoffs in any of your leagues? Yeah, some of them. Super I'm producer? I'm in a lot. I'm making it in like like five leagues. There's one that's a fringe one that could get me to like close to six, but that's pretty good. I'm probably going to be in a playoffs in three leagues, three separate leagues that I'm in. So we will see. We'll get ready for next week and playoff advice. Super producer, one final point before we get out of here. This may be the most important advice I've given out. I feel like it's the right time to bring it out just because there are must win matchups to get you into the playoffs this week. Just start the players that score more points, man. It's, it's pretty easy game. It's so simple. It's so simple. Thank you, Mr. C. I completely forgot about that. I I agree. And Jalen Naylor is having a big game this week. So fire him up. All right. That's going to bring us to the end. Thanks again for listening. Follow us on Twitter at dynasty monarchy over there. Like Super Producer just said, 1,600 followers. That means 1,600 people that would not start Jalen Naylor ever in their fantasy league. Word to the wise, Max, don't start a guy who scored two points all year. But again, thank you all for making it to the end of the episode, and we will see you next week for some playoff hype. Let's go. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens. <laughs>